This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Let's take a second to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is by far the absolute easiest way to make a podcast. And when I say easy, I mean easy. First of all, it's completely free and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit right from your phone or your computer. Best of all, with Anchor, you can add any songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. So the possibilities are endless on what you can create. Whether you want to create a music analysis, your own radio show, a deep dive on your favorite genre or artist, or something that the world's never heard before. Anchor will even help publish your show to Spotify so you can reach hundreds of millions of listeners. Oh, did I mention there's no copyright on the songs? Yeah, it's that easy. You guys want to start a podcast that includes music, or you guys just want to start a podcast in general, get started by downloading the free Anchor app or going to anchor.fm. And if you need some inspiration, you can head over to blog.anchor.fm slash music from some more idea starters. Thank you so much, and let's get into the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. Today's episode, I interview my parents. I let them share their story on how they came to the United States, their experience here in the United States, their experience back home, and just a little bit about being an immigrant and also living in the U.S. I think it's really, really fascinating and a lot of people don't seem to know about not only just like the struggles of coming to the U.S., but also the feeling of coming to the U.S. as an immigrant and just the opportunity here from another person's perspective. I feel like when you're born somewhere, you don't see it from the same perspective as someone who's coming here from a totally different world. So I thought it would be really interesting to share their story. My dad is from Romania and my mom is from Honduras. And yes, I do speak Romanian and Spanish. Um, I don't speak them very well, not gonna lie. When I was younger, I definitely spoke them a lot better than I do now, but I can fully understand everything in both languages and I do still speak it because my grandparents on both sides don't speak English, so I have to communicate with them. And growing up, I definitely spoke it more, but now because I haven't been exposed to it as much, I haven't really been able to speak it as often. And I know that's an excuse because I can totally practice with my parents, but yeah, I'm just being honest here. I am going to Peru in a few days though, so I'm excited to kind of freshen up on my Spanish. I really just want to try to speak Spanish as much as possible there because I feel like that would be great practice for me and I don't want to lose it because I feel like it's something so important to know other languages and it's something really cool and I hope when I have kids I'm going to make my parents speak Romanian and Spanish to them so that they can understand different languages and yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a really, really great thing and I definitely realize how lucky I am to have parents that speak different languages to be able to teach me growing up and instead of learning it in school or something like that. Also, I wanted to say that I recorded this in my apartment in Miami. So if the volume or the the background sounds different, it's a little different when you're interviewing two people. I think this is the first time I didn't just interview one guest. So it was a lot of fun though. My parents are a little bit microphone shy, I guess, because in the beginning, my mom was so quiet and my parents both were like, oh, what do we say? So I'm glad they opened up a little bit more, but I definitely could hear their accents more in this podcast while I was editing. It's funny because they are my parents. So I grew up with them. I've known them my whole life. And I 
I don't hear their accents anymore. I hear my mom's slightly, but I do not hear my dad's accent at all when he's speaking to me. So hearing and editing this podcast, I really heard it. And it's so funny because normally when I'm talking to them, I don't hear their accent, but it's pretty noticeable in it. I mean, they both speak English super, super well, but it definitely is noticeable in the podcast that they do have an accent. And if any of you guys are from another country or more specifically, if you guys are from Romania or Honduras, definitely let me know. So DM me on the Real Real Podcast Instagram or on Nat- at Natalie Barbu on Instagram. Just DM me. Let me know where you guys are from. I think it's really cool that I have international listeners and international viewers and followers. And yeah, I just find that so interesting. And to answer any questions, I have never been to Romania, which is really sad. I really would love to go. But like my dad said in the podcast, he hasn't even been. I think he's only been once since he left, and he left when he was 18. So he's not big on going back. All of his family is in the United States, so there's nothing really for him there. And truthfully, he had a very negative experience in Romania. It was socialist, communist. It wasn't the best of... Uh, times there so he doesn't have good memories of it so I think it is harder when you have good memories of a place you want to go back but when it's when you're excited to leave and you really hated it I mean you don't really want to go back so it makes sense um, but I would still love to go and just visit it and kind of see where he was from and really embrace the Romanian culture I think it would be really really fun and he wants to take us back one day so hopefully soon we will go and with Honduras I've been many many times when I was younger actually I would go to Honduras once a summer so I've been like seven times or something like that I think I stopped going maybe when I was in middle school Um, but from when I was very young to I guess my early teenage years, I would go to Honduras because I still have all my grandparents there, my cousins, and it's just a lot of fun. So I really do love it down there. Um, I definitely want to go back sometime soon. I think the last time I went was my sophomore year of high school. So this is actually the longest I've ever gone without going back. But luckily, my family does travel to the United States at times. So it's not like I've gone that long without seeing my family, but it is that long since I've gone without going back to Honduras and it's just a lot of fun because everyone's there like my entire mom's side of the family is there and I'm really excited to go back whenever that day comes and if you guys are from Honduras let me know I think that's really really fascinating also I wanted to say that everything said in here are my parents experiences other people might have had different experiences coming to this country and that's okay this is not a one-size-fits-all podcast um this is just their experience and that's why i was interviewing them so if you did come to this country and you had a different experience um that's totally normal and that's expected so i just wanted to i guess say that beforehand so that this doesn't feel like a one-size-fits-all like everyone should feel the exact same way because it's not going to be and that's the beauty also of life honestly we all come from different backgrounds we all have different experiences and I really like that this podcast is a platform that you can share those experiences and your life story and I want to bring more people on that are willing to share their story because I think it's so interesting and it can give people a different perspective that they might not normally have experienced or even encountered I 
I know growing up, I feel like sometimes you can live in a bubble, but once you kind of experience the world, you meet new people, you grow up, you start seeing things from a different perspective. And sometimes you might not interact with someone that has had a different perspective than you if you are always in your comfort zone or you're always kind of growing up in the same hometown or whatnot. So I really do enjoy having different groups of people and different types of people and different life experiences on this podcast just to share it with you guys because I feel like it's important that we all learn about other people. Um, I just find that really fascinating and I also think it's important to understand other people's perspectives. But I really hope that you guys enjoy this podcast. And before we get into it, I wanted to highlight the reviewer of the week. I really like doing this just as a way to say thank you to you guys. I understand that leaving a review is not always the first thing that you think of when you listen to a podcast. So I do want to thank every single one of you guys that has left a review because they mean so much to me. And I want to highlight the review of the week just by saying a huge thank you. And again, if you guys do ever leave a review, please DM me so I can personally thank you because it means so much to me. Podcasts, it's different to get discovered. So the best way to get discovered on podcasts is by reviews. That's what iTunes pushes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. It pushes it by the number of reviews and your ratings. So if you guys don't mind and if you guys like this podcast, be sure to give it five stars. And here is the reviewer of the week. I just wanted to take a quick break to thank TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds for sponsoring today's episode. Are you having trouble sleeping, focusing, or relaxing? If the answer is yes, then TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds podcast has got you covered. This hour-long podcast is made to help you get rid of distractions, reduce stress, relax, and get better sleep. You can listen to the sounds of nature, white noise, relaxing music, and so much more. You can check out the TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds podcast on Spotify or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. They said, I started following you because of your work vlogs, but I've really gotten into this podcast recently. I actually prefer when you interview normal people and not so much influencers and well-known people. Being able to hear about the life of a teacher or a doula is so fascinating. Would you consider interviewing Lipsticks and Lattes? She's a third-year law student who vlogs. Thanks. I love this review because I love listening to podcasts where they interview people, and I really do like listening to success stories and CEOs and celebrities and famous people and people who built their businesses. I love those podcasts, but I feel like there is a lack of normal quote-unquote people in the podcast world. I feel like if you're not super successful and you haven't made a million dollars on your business yet, then you're not worth interviewing. Or if you don't have a certain amount of followers, then you're not worth interviewing. And I want to shed light to the normal people out there, to the people that might not necessarily be famous, but that doesn't mean they're not successful. Success is means so many different things to so many different people. I mean, for example, I think that my dad is a successful person. He doesn't have any social media. <laughs> He's not famous at all. But just for starting his business, I feel like that in itself is a success story. I think my mom is a great person to interview just for coming to the U.S., being an engineer, coming to school here as an international student. I mean, how many international students are there? So many in this country and I want them to feel like they're not alone so I love highlighting those types of people and a teacher a doula industries that yes they are might be a little bit more common but there's still something that no one talks about them it's like you get the job and then that's it you don't talk about it but I really want to shed light on all of these different fields and to make sure that you guys know that This is the real life. This is what people go through and they're very fascinating people even if they're not social media famous or 
celebrity status or whatnot so i'm really glad that you guys like the people i've interviewed and that you guys have accepted me and my friends with open arms so before we get started i just wanted to say that and one more thing i wanted to mention as an extension of this podcast we do have a private facebook page so if you guys go to facebook type in the real real podcast or even easier just click the link in the show notes it will redirect you to our facebook group you just have to request to be accepted And then it's basically just an extension of this podcast, but way more personal so you guys can network. And I love it because so many of you guys have like met up through the podcast. You'll just type in who lives in New York City. I'm moving here. I'm looking for friends. And then you guys will go get coffee together. And I think that is the coolest thing ever. I definitely am looking forward to doing like a brunch with a bunch of you guys in a city, kind of like a meetup, but um, I guess just a a meetup for you guys but i'm gonna definitely be posting that on the uh, real real private facebook page so be sure to join that so you don't miss out and also just to make friends and some people were on there saying that they're looking for a graphic designer to help with something and if you're a graphic designer and you're looking for a new project you can find it on that facebook page which i just think is so cool and i love that you guys are really really using it and networking and i don't know it makes me feel like a very proud mother (laughs) another thing about the private facebook page is each episode we do have an extension of it where we ask you guys can ask the interviewers or the people being interviewed any questions that you guys want and they will answer it so if you guys want to ask my parents additional questions then you guys can just ask it on the private facebook page and they'll answer it so be sure to do that pretty much every episode has had one of those Q&A sessions so if you guys want to do that then be sure to answer it on there. Now it is time to get into the episode and quit my rambling. Welcome to the Real Real Podcast with Natalie Barbu. Instagram might be your highlight reel but we're here to talk about the real real. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs Tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 400 50 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz-free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. 
Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I am here with my parents, and we are going to start this episode off with setting the record straight. So this is where I ask like five questions, or I talk about five stereotypes or statements, and then my parents are going to say if they're true or false or just what they think on it. So moving to the U.S. is a culture shock. Yes, it is. Uh, moving from a communist country, socialist country, Romania, um, looking forward to a free country, a country that offers opportunities. Um, although all those things have been true, it has been a culture shock. Um, coming from, from uh, Romania, it has been a culture shock where you couldn't speak anything, you couldn't say anything out of line, and coming to America where you could speak your mind freely, you can pursue your dreams. Um, and all of, the, all of the above, of course, has been a culture shock. It wasn't for me. I have been to the U.S. many times. Moving here was different, but not, not a shock. The English language is easy to learn. False. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the hardest languages. Um, I know. I feel like there's so many rules. It's actually really hard. There's to so learn. many rules and so many words that have no, nobody can explain why. So I don't think it's easy. Well, in my mind, watching um, uh, movies in English with subtitles in Romania and learning a little bit of English from that and, and just listening to songs in English, songs that were forbidden to listen to, you know, obviously by the socialists in Romania. And so we were even more poised to learn the language. Um, it seemed like the absolute thing that you want to learn. And so when I started learning English, I never saw it as a challenge. I, saw, I mean, I never saw it as a, as a tough thing. I saw it as a bit of a challenge, but did not think of it as, as a hard thing to do. So, I mean, obviously, grammatically, once you get into it, it did, you know, it's not an easy, um, not the easiest thing, but still in my mind, you know, having, having spoken a little bit of Russian, a little bit of French from, from having been um, uh, taking classes in school, um, it you know, and of course Romanian and, and a little bit of Italian. Uh, it, it, it English came as a wanna learn language, and so I did. I didn't think it was it was a difficult language, and it was probably a mental thing. 
I probably yeah. loved it so but much. I'm not saying that it's difficult. It wasn't hard for me. I learned it since I was in first grade um, in, in Honduras. So I went through to an American school for 12 years and I knew English when I got here. But it's not an easy language for somebody to learn. Yeah, yeah. Um, becoming a citizen is an easy process. No, I was a citizen before mom was a citizen, obviously. And after I came here, um, I looked at it as a, as a privilege. I looked at it as, as a privilege that was given to me by a free country. Um, and I looked at it as something that whatever it takes, you know, the steps that it, it took, um, did, I didn't complain about them. So, you know, all the different steps that I had to have taken, going to the immigration office, filling out applications, standing in line, uh, and then eventually taking the test and being asked all those questions about the Constitution, about the history of America. I, I, I thought it was fair, and so I was perfectly happy to do that, um, in spite of the obstacles and all the things that we have to have gone through. There are cultural differences dating slash marrying outside of your race or ethnicity. Of course. Of course, huge. I mean, coming from one part of the world and marrying somebody from a different part of the world, I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, everybody grows with certain customs, with certain traditions, um, and all of that, uh, you know, certain mindset, you know, uh, stereotypes and all of that. And so for me, uh, I never set that barrier in my mind. But nevertheless, it was a situation where you have to understand somebody else's culture, somebody else is coming, somebody else is coming from a different tradition and all those sorts of things. So um, I accepted it. It was not easy. Uh, but I have never said that barrier. I never said that I have to marry somebody from the same culture that I'm from. And I don't think any of our parents did had mm -hmm. were, were, was opposed True. opposed to to us dating, even though we mm -hmm. come from two completely different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like most people, their parents expect them to date someone like that's Romanian. If they're Romanian or something, their parents expect them to date or marry someone Romanian or Hispanic or whatever that is. Like a lot of parents put pressure on their kids to do that. Maybe. Our parents did not. You think slash dream in your native language. You what? Think slash dream in your native sometimes. language. Like, Do you think in Romanian or do you think in English? I sometimes think in Spanish. Like when I'm exercising and I'm counting, I'm counting in Spanish. Yeah. So in th some things I think Do you dream in, in Spanish? I don't know. I, <laughs> I think in both, maybe. Depends who's in the dream. <laughs> no, no. I, 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 I don't know why. I just, my thoughts are in English. My, my, when I formulate a thought, even you if I translate You sleep talk in Romanian. I, I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard myself speak sleep talk, but, but I, I just... Every time I talk uh, uh, to somebody, if, if I have to translate, I translate it first from English. So I, I definitely think in English mm -hmm. first, probably because I have, the only person I've, I've, I've spoken, or people I have spoken to uh, Romanian were my parents. And, you know, once I got married, uh, they were not around me every day. And so, so we spoke English ever since we dated. And so we yeah. spoke English to you guys, you know, to all our But you, kids. We, spoke in, we spoke Romanian mm -hmm. and Spanish. If we watch mm -hmm. at home videos, mm -hmm. we, you would speak to us in Romanian. I tried, but I realized that it doesn't work. And so it was just so little and, and so futile to, to try, I, you know. And so I, I'd always reverse to English, I think. I still yeah. speak to you and I, yeah. still, I still say a lot of things in Spanish. Or Yeah. My mom will speak to us in Spanish and I respond back in English. <laughs> That's normally how it works. <laughs> okay, so tell us a little bit about yourselves. So where are you guys from? Uh, how old were you when you came here? Just your story. 
Um, I was, I just turned 18. Uh, my father had left three and a half years before I had made it out of Romania. Uh, Romania was a socialist country at that time. Um, it was the end of 1984, the beginning of 1985. My father came to America in 1981. Um, we had finally, after the socialists have told us that we can never leave the country and all kinds of stories and all kinds of mental torture, Eventually, they gave us the, the passport to leave the country and to reunite with my father. So it was me, my mom, and my sister, my youngest sister. She's three years younger than me. Uh, I am 52 now, This full disclosure. So yeah, I came here when I was 18. Uh, we went through a uh, camp, immigration camp in Italy, in Rome. We had to spend a couple of months there, learn a little bit about where we were going, uh, even though obviously my father was here. Uh, they were they were telling us and teaching us on how to approach life in America and what to expect. Um, so was everyone at this camp going to the U.S.? All of them, 100% of the people, and, and they were from different countries in Eastern Europe. We all had filled, filed papers, and some of us waited two years, three years, four years. And this was a golden day when, when we've left our countries, we've gone through, a, and, and America has paid for a camp in Italy, or a few camps actually, I think, but this was one of them in Rome, uh, where the immigrants were going through, and they went through an additional medical checkup, uh, they went through some classes where they would teach you what to expect, how to behave a little bit, uh, you know, not to necessarily expect to work in the same job that you have been working in the old country, take a lower job because you don't speak the language, um, you know, work your way up and all those sorts of things. So I think it was a great thing for the people that were immigrating for those countries to come in, to have that experience where people were talking to them in their own native language, language languages because to us they were speaking in Romanian in other classes they were speaking in Polish and uh, Czech in Serbian in Russian and so on and so forth um, and so uh, you know from there when we flew when we were told about a week in advance you were told that your flight is up and you're coming to America and, and your uh, uh, ticket was booked uh, obviously everybody was super excited um, you know the morning you know we woke up at four o'clock in the morning we were taken to uh, to the airport in, uh, by a big bus in, in uh, Rome, um, flew into New York. We were processed through the immigration in New York at Kennedy Airport, and then we came to Fort Lauderdale, and my father and his sister and his brother and other family members that were here, there was about 80 or so waiting for us in the airport. I mean, it was just super thrilling. Uh, mixed emotions, we finally get to, to, I finally got to see my father. Uh, my mom finally gets to see her husband after three and a half years. My sister finally gets to see her father. Um, we're coming to a different country and the dreams, our dreams and our hopes are coming through. So it was tremendous. Uh, from there, you know, my, my goal was to do something with myself, to study. Uh, so I studied engineering, studied industrial engineering. That's where I met mom. Um, wanted to be an electrical engineering first, but we, I switched... Uh, Switch majors because of mom. Uh, she was an industrial <laughs> engineer. Uh, and I switched some of the classes because I wanted to be close to her. Um, four years later, I was an industrial engineer graduating from uh, Florida International University in Miami. Um, got a job. Uh, while in school, actually, I was always working. Um, while in high school, finishing up Did high school. Did you pay here. for college yourself? Uh, I had some grants. Um, and, and because of, of, uh, uh, of my good, I was in the top 1% at high school. So I had some grants 
for that. So there was very little left to be paid by my parents. So I would say that majority was paid uh, because of my good grades. Um, graduating from it, you know, during school, I met mom, I met her, and we, we got married in the last year of uh, university. And then the whole rest of the story evolves from here. <laughs> Mom's shaking her head. <laughs> we did not get married. We got married two years before finishing. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't it a year and a half? Okay. <laughs> How many months? <laughs> yeah, I think that's wild that my parents got married in college. Yep. Like, I could not imagine being married while I was in school. Like, that's just so we, got easy. we got married in December of 88, and we graduated May of 91. 91? Yeah. So, Dita's yeah, already over we, a year we, old? We no, got, we, 89, we got... 88, December. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I mixing 88 with 89? That's funny. You sure? Yeah, Dita was a year... The, our oldest one was a year old when... Yeah, my parents also had a child in college, <laughs> which is crazy. Like, senior year of college or junior year of college. Senior. Mm -hmm. They had... Senior or junior year, they had a baby. That's insane. I could not imagine that. Like, I don't know how you guys studied engineering also on top of that. It was hard. Yeah. <laughs> it was not easy. And I was working for UPS, which is, a, by the way, a great company plug for UPS. <laughs> hard work, but very rewarding. I was doing part-time. I was doing about, I don't know, 20, 25 hours a week. Wow. So, Mom, how, tell us about you. So, my story is shorter and not as exciting. I grew up in Honduras, which is in Central America. It's not an island. Like many people be believe, well, it's not in the Caribbean. It's not an island in the Caribbean. You, you, you know, it's, you don't have to cross any ocean. I grew up there, and uh, I went to a school where a lot, of, most of the people that go to that school come to the U.S. to go to college. My dad wanted me to go to a, to a, to a city to be in a place where it was there was going to be easy access. Uh, uh, you know, a plane ride away mm -hmm. from home. So Miami was a good choice. One, because there were flights every day um, mm -hmm. that I could take, you know, in, in case of an emergency. And um, we also had, I also had uh, family here. And I wasn't going to stay with family, but at least to have some family yeah. relatives nearby. And um, so that's how we narrow it to Miami. And then I, um, I came here with a student visa so I came as a as a student as an international student and I enrolled in at a FIU and then uh, I was expecting to go back you know my my plan was to go back after the four years um, and then uh, I met Tati so let me see 87 so I yeah. came in 86 I was 18 so I'm 51 just met and then married got married and then my status changed mm -hmm. from a from international student to U.S. resident, and then five years later to a U.S. citizen. What other places were you guys gonna live if it wasn't for Florida? Like, why did you guys choose, or what other places were you thinking of besides South Florida? Hmm. I wasn't thinking of anything because uh, my father had his sister living here uh, in America. She initially immigrated to, uh, to Canada in 1967, and they came to America in 1980 80 or 81. I, I don't remember exactly. Him being here and having some family yeah. It really was an obvious choice. Um, so not knowing anything. Well, I take it back. There were immigrants from Romania. They were immigrating all over America. You know, they were going to California. They were going to New York, to Detroit, to Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, you name it, places. But because we had relatives here. Yeah. We didn't know much and we wanted to be with relatives. And so 
for me, it was the obvious choice. I had considered other schools. Besides, my dad told me that I had to go to Miami. <laughs> I had considered going to LSU or going to Baylor. So Where's Baylor? In Texas. Texas? Oh, yeah, in Texas. It was, you know, fastly, you know, quickly yeah. decided <laughs> that it was going to be uh, Miami. And how did you guys become citizens? Like, what was that process like for you? I know you had said you filled out paperwork and in Romania, right? And then so, yeah. in so Rome, but... We, we've had... We, they, they were, the, the process was that you had to go to the American Embassy, fill out the request. If you had somebody here, my father has become um, a um, political asylum seeker in America because of the persecution that was taking place in Romania. Because of that, we had to go through the process of... He asked for us to, 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 to come to America, so we went to, to the, the American Embassy in Bucharest, which is the capital of Romania, um, filled out the paperwork at the American embassy and, and you know, paid the fee, uh, did some medical tests, um, and then it was a process. And then they ask you for an interview, maybe six months, a year, a year and a half later, they call you in and, and they ask you a bunch of questions. Um, and of course, it was my mom that was asked the questions, but I was just going with her when she was going in. Um, and after a number of years, eventually they say, yes, you're approved. You can go in. And so because of that, um, when we came to America, uh, we were already approved uh, and, and legally coming here. So you had they, a green card. You came so in they were giving us the green, green card within about six um, to seven months after, okay. after we got here. How quickly did you become a citizen after you got a green card? So it's five years. Oh, five years. Five and years it, it is. You have to be five years a, a legal resident here. Um, and so... Um, and then did mom did you get your green card because you married Daki so my, or how was it was a little bit funny because in I was we were so naive that mm. I, I was an international student like I said before so I was my um, tuition was char you know it was paid like people pay out of state because since it, you know it's, there's I was in a uh, Florida resident so when we got married I said oh great now I'm a Flo you know if he he was a U.S. resident when we got married. He was not a U.S. citizen. Mm -hmm. So I thought automatically I'm going to be a U.S. resident. That's what I thought, that my, stat my status was going to automatically change. And I went to the, uh, to the office at the school and I said, well, I have, you know, now you have to charge me like a Florida resident. They said, yeah. well, no, not so fast. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to go through the process of applying and it took a few years probably, I don't know, two or three years maybe. Three years, yeah. To get my green card, which means that you are a legal resident, no longer a an international student mm -hmm. and then I had to wait the f after that you the have to wait years. the five years and I, st I think it's still five years after you know still the law is like that five yeah. years you have to be a legal resident how did you guys meet in college <laughs> tell us the story <laughs> you, you want to say a lot of people were asking so. that on my Instagram post a lot of people were asking how you so met that, I, I feel like mom should say it okay, she so probably I, remembers <laughs> we were in a, I was sitting in a calculus two class and um so I was sitting there and the class just had just started and there comes this guy across the front of the room. The class had, was, had already, it was already like three weeks into the semester or two weeks maybe, I don't know. It had, it, we were into the semester. And uh, there comes this guy walking in front, going to talk to the professor. So I just, you know, I was looking at him he didn't even notice, you know, he was just talking to him and then he, I guess he left. I don't remember if he left or not, but he, eventually when he came to the class, he was transferring classes at that time. So he had to get permission to be in the class. Then he's, he was sitting on the row next to me, like one or two seats behind. Oh, we, we, we had to wait before the class in the hallway for another class to come out. 
So I was there early all the time, and when he would get there, he would always ask me, so how was your weekend? <laughs> he started asking me, how was your weekend? I had promised myself that I was never going to date somebody, someone who wouldn't, who wouldn't speak Spanish. <laughs> because I, did, I just didn't feel comfortable, you know, yeah. communicating my whole life or for, you know, a long time in English. So I said, oh, no, this guy doesn't <laughs> speak Spanish. There's no way. How could you tell? Because he just wasn't guess, speaking yeah. in Spanish. So I would, I would always answer just like, fine. And that's no conversation at all. And he would, next week, he would try again, you know. <laughs> so how was your weekend? And then eventually, you know, I said, of course, he likes me. You know, I knew he he liked me if you know I could tell yeah and then um the class you know we started having tests and I was doing so bad and I could see when he would get his test back that he would get, get 90 95 100 <laughs> and I was like oh my god I'm doing so bad what and then one time I said okay I'm gonna fail this class if I don't do something and this guy likes me and he's getting good grades I have to ask him to to, to help me <laughs> So that's how I started talking to him. I said, can you explain to me? Can, can we study together? And oh, I was happy then. <laughs> <laughs> and then from, I think from the first day that we started together, that was it. You know, it was just like... We kicked we, it off. That's it. Aww. How did you guys communicate without texting? And mm. I, don't, like, I feel like that's phone. so hard. I mean, phone, home phone or yeah, we just did in have person? Home phone and in person. I mean, you talk when you see but each other. But to make plans... Um, meet me here at five o'clock, yeah. and you would. Yeah, talk, you just trust that you do it that day. You know, on Tuesday, and you meet me here on Thursday, or yeah, or you want to go and have something to eat or something, and then Tuesday, Tuesday is longer. I don't know. Well, my parents supposedly, when my dad proposed, they just talked about it. It was not a down on one knee. He still has to propose. No, I. <laughs> I could, I could, I could show you a ring that I like. <laughs> yeah, like I, you didn't like get down on one knee or anything. Nothing. Anything romantic? No, I did not. But I, but I, 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 she knew I loved her, and I love her still. You know, obviously, um, it it was it was one of those things. We were dating, and I don't know. Well, that. I don't think. Get, I look. How did you get married? No in, dramatic. In college, were people? Did people think it was weird that you guys were married? So not young? really, right? To me, I thought it was weird. You I, thought I, it was weird. <laughs> I, I, you I, thought it was I, weird that I, you got married young? Yes, yes, I thought. I, I, I've always planned in my mind, I'm not going to get married till I'm 28 or 30. I just want to be free, a free bird and being out there. <laughs> but, strange enough, as it sounds, um, the fear of God and my religious beliefs uh, have guided me towards accepting the fact that when I met Martha... You know, I knew in my heart of my heart that she's the one. I, I, I just in my mind, without having a piece of paper and checking different check marks on a paper, in my mind I checked certain uh, check marks and I said, "Hmm, this is it. This is the one." Uh, and I have I have to slow down. I have to I have to uh, to do this. I, you know, I have to pay attention to this because you know God is talking to me. And I know people will say, "Oh my, there, there is a freak." You know, <laughs> how will he do that? But Truthfully, I really said, I'm not going to get married until I'm 28 or 30. And there I was. I said, whoa, this is, this is the woman that, that God has put in front of me. And it's, it's just, you know, in the hearts of your hearts when that is the case. And so I, yeah. I just never fought it. And did you think it was strange? Did people think it was strange that you got, had a baby while you were in school? No, no. we wanted to. Really? We, we chose to. 
I mean, we were not planning on having one. No, but one, I feel like if there was someone pregnant in my classes, I'm just looking back at myself, like everyone would talk about that. People would say, oh my gosh, she's pregnant. They probably looked at us a little bit funny. We didn't care probably. But we didn't yeah. care. Um, I cared a bit, but not much. But it wasn't to say that we got married because because uh, uh, she was pregnant. I know. No, not I know. Then. But you know. But just being pregnant while you're taking your finals or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, like that's yeah, not something you see a lot. True, mm-hmm. true. Yeah. So, so I, I suppose we were just, we just didn't much care. We loved each other. We knew we were doing the right thing. And, and the rest, you know, let, let people think whatever they think. And was it difficult marrying someone that was outside of your, um, I guess like you're not Romanian or not Hispanic? I know you guys kind of touched on that, but... At first, like, Mom, you said you wanted to marry someone that spoke mm-hmm. Spanish. Like, did you think that you were going to marry someone that wasn't Romanian? Or was that mm-hmm. difficult at first? Like, did you guys have any barriers? I think barriers come... It, not barriers, but sometimes you get into situations or conversations and you say, well, that's not how it's supposed to be. And the other one says, well, that's how it is, just because that's how you grew up thinking. Mm-hmm. And then you either take one side and, you know, accept one of the, one of the positions or you make your own. Yeah. You know, which is not of those two. Yeah, so, so basically, you make compromises, right? Because each one comes from a different background, right? Different traditions, different ways their parents did things. And, um, you know, you come together and say, no, that's, that's how we're going to do it. And yeah. this, is, this is the proper way to do it as a family. Um, and, and, uh, and you accept those and you make the compromises. But I think you have to be smart, too. You have to be a little bit... If you marry somebody... Of a different from a different part of the world, you have to be a little bit smart in you know choose what what to fight about. Yeah, you know, not everything has to be an argument or or a I'm going to win this. It's just you know even with the in-laws, you have to be smart and you know just let you know let them. If thank God with none of us had in-laws that wanted to dominate yeah. our lives, but. Just if you don't agree with something, you just let let it go if it's mm-hmm. not important. And what? How did you guys learn English? So coming here, did you know English? Mm-hmm. Did you grow up learning it, or what was your? How did you guys learn the language? As I said, you know, in Romania there were very few. Of course, there was only one TV station, the National Propaganda for the Socialists, and so they they would rarely show you an English movie, but they did once in a while, and they showed us some cartoons, Woody Woodpecker and Tom and Jerry, <laughs> and everybody would be gathering around that TV on the short amount of times, 20, 30 minutes that you saw those. But when you saw an English movie, it was with uh, with subtitles in English, and so in you would and, yeah speak in you know uh, um, speak in English but the sub yeah subtitles were but when were you Romanian. came to this country did Hold you on. speak English like when you were 17 I, I would say this the following I learned a little bit from that and uh, we've had some lessons uh, English lessons before we left Romania uh, me and my sister uh, my mom hired a, an English teacher I mean is it is it great it wasn't great but you learn a little bit a few basics but very very basic yeah. And then compound that with, with watching TV and, and learning a little bit from that and from some songs. So you knew just the, the basic bare bone minimum. And then you have, I had to make a huge effort to pick it up quickly, you know, yeah. as, as I went into a high school for my last year and a half. But I think things have changed in the world now. Most of the world now, most of the high school kids learn English. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. A, lot, a lot of that going on. Before yeah. it was, you know... 
It's 30, true. 30 years ago, it wasn't like that. Yeah. It's true, 30, 35 years. If you look at Romania now, you know, and I, we've only been back once, but pretty much all the youngsters speak English there now. Yeah. You know, the young ones. And what was the hardest thing to get used to coming to the U.S.? I really don't think there was anything hard to get used to. I mean, I just just taking advantage of the opportunities. And, yeah. and, and you've got so many opportunities at that time, you know, 35 years ago. Well, I ago. guess it's different because you had such a bad experience in your country, but mom, like, you didn't hate Honduras, you know? So it's totally different experiences. I, you know, for me, it was what's, what's the hardest thing? Yeah. Being separated from family mm-hmm. since I came here and I, it was just me. And still, it's just me. My parents are there. My siblings are there. It's not hard for me now because I don't want to dwell on that. I don't want to suffer because of that. You know, I don't want to be thinking. I know some people have a hard time because for 20 years, they're still thinking and crying because they don't have their siblings next yeah. to them. So um, it's hard not to like this country. Maybe if it was some someplace else, but when you're coming to something better yeah, and where there's, you know, better things, uh, more comfortable um, everything is more accessible. You can you can succeed because there's opportunities. It's you know it's hard. I'm not yeah. saying that you don't miss. Some people miss like food. I didn't. I I don't miss food. Yeah. I, of course, if I see a restaurant that has Honduran food, I would. I sometimes say, oh, it would be nice to go there. But it's not like I'm visiting Honduran restaurants every week. Yeah. Do you guys ever have you guys ever thought about going back home? Like going? Do you guys ever visit to live? To live? And even not. I know not now, but. When you were younger, when you were 18, 19, mom, when you were still in school, did you think to move back home? Well, maybe before I met him or before we thought we, we knew we were going to get married. But after that, I never looked back. Yeah. I, I mean, it's so many people want this opportunity, you know, yeah. to be able to move here. So for, for me, it was, it was fine. Yeah. And a lot of people ask how you guys raised us, like if you guys raised us with your culture or how you guys blended Romanian and Honduran culture, Hispanic culture with the European one. I don't, I feel like we didn't have many traditions. Like we didn't have Honduran, Honduran or Romanian traditions growing up. Because I we? think we decided to make our own. And if yeah, we were going to be I here, we, mm-hmm. I, you know, we to become more American, mm-hmm. I think we pretty much, you know, you were raised like, yeah, I feel like, like Americans, you know. Yeah, we didn't have very many, nothing that reminds me of like, oh, we do this because m- my mom's family did it mm-hmm. or my dad's family. Right. I guess for Easter, we have like the colored eggs, with, right. <laughs> which is a, like, maybe a Romanian and the lamb thing. That, that, that my parents would be cooking and, and things like that. Of course, you also have your traditions that are ingrained uh, to a certain extent. You're used to those course you know so we caroling for instance there are a few things that you guys have done yeah we do go caroling with the romanian church yeah yeah and And when my older sister was what that means uh, you know what what it is is you go to different houses so you go you know so so there are a few traditions but for the most part uh we've we've uh integrated and we want it to be an experience where you don't forget your traditions but our core values are the american values yeah, like yeah. I, I did, we didn't, we did not raise you thinking, oh, you are Romanian or you're Honduran. Yeah. We're, right? Yeah. Not, you know, not that we want, we don't want them to know. Of course they know. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, oh. The values are, you know, we are all Americans. Have, I think you never identified as a Romanian. Yeah, yeah. Or I would a, just say like, oh, my dad's from Romania, my mom's from Honduras. Mm-hmm. That's, that's about it. But also, 
growing up in florida too i do think made a difference because there were so many people with Mm -hmm. immigrant parents here where Mm -hmm. everyone had immigrant parents versus north carolina most people are generations back so people would ask oh where are you from like where is your family from versus in florida i never had to even explain that because everyone kind of came from the same type of family background Mm -hmm. you know in north carolina though it's very different that you guys are where you're from or that you guys aren't just the typical American, per se. Yeah, you know, but, but Charlotte are... does have some some people, even from Europe, you know, Germans, expats, yeah. and Swedish, and things like that. Not to the extent that Florida did. Yeah, yeah. No, nowhere so, here. Nowhere yeah. here. Yeah. So that's why also growing up, like, I didn't think it was even different that you guys were from different countries. Because most of my friends that I grew up with, I mean, all of my best friends, Monica, her parents were from India, Christina, Peruvian parents, um... Antonella, Italian and Colombian parents. You know, so like all of my friends had immigrant parents, so it wasn't even like I I thought that was strange. Everybody everybody was like that. Everyone was like that. So it didn't really matter, but coming to North Carolina, I noticed it more as being something that was different. Mm -hmm. But even, and, and what you're speaking about is mostly South Florida, around the Miami. Yes, yeah, South right? Florida, South Florida. Because you go a little bit north, and yeah, there's still immigrants, yeah. but not as predominant. Yeah, but I'm just saying know? it wasn't, I didn't think of you guys as being, like, I feel like now, so many people are like, oh, that's so cool that your parents are from somewhere else. Here in South Florida, everyone's parents are from somewhere else. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not it's different, not. you know? And what would you say to someone who wants to come to the United States from a different country? The, the opportunities and the you know, your horizon is, is as, you know, you can go as far as you want it to go. Mm-hmm. So it's still the land of opportunity and you have to work hard. You know, it's good to have your traditions and to keep your culture and to, you know, have respect for your culture, but blend. Speaking of the American dream, a lot of people also ask me how you started your own business or how you became successful in this country. What advice would you give to someone who wants to be successful in the U.S.? Work hard. Work hard. I mean, nobody's given us a bag of money that I can remember. And don't put, <laughs> don't place yourself in pockets like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a minority. We never thought as minorities. Don't put yourself in a in a box like yeah. you are a minority you are a latin you are a woman or you're different i never see myself as different yeah i just see myself as one more yeah i mean that's also a lot of people growing up my parents always kind of wanted me to go into engineering so that definitely influenced my decision to go into engineering but i also never thought that it was strange that i was going into engineering until other people started telling me oh wow like you're a girl and you're going into engineering that's that's so rare, that's so different, like blah, blah, blah. I never, growing up, thought that that was a strange thing because my mom was an engineer, my dad was. They never told me, oh, well, you're a girl, so, you know, this might be, like, it is a little different, this might be hard for you because you're a female in engineering. I just did it because I wanted to. So that that is something I've talked about in videos, and it does annoy me when people think it's so strange that just because I'm a girl... I shouldn't be in engineering. I never thought that way. Like, oh, I'm going to face more struggles because because I'm a female in that major. Until other people started telling me that it was unique or different or whatever. I never thought of it as that. And the same goes for you having a business. Yeah. We never we never raise you guys thinking, you know, oh, you are this, so it's going to be different for yeah. you. Yeah. It's just like you want it, you can, you know, you can you can do it. Yeah. I, I would actually encourage as many women and men 
whomever is qualified, I don't care whether it's men or women, uh, become an engineer, become an IT specialist, become whatever you want. Yeah. It, it should not be a limit based on whether you're a man or a woman or you're a, a of Latin descent or Romanian descent or mixed or any of that, yeah. those sorts of things. And your desire to succeed should drive you to where you're going to get. I think that don't, if you box yourself as a, as a group, it just brings you down. Mm-hmm. It just holds you back. Yeah. So, you know, don't. Just, you yeah. are an individual. That's it. Yeah, that is something I'm thankful that I was raised that way just because I do think if if my whole life I was told like, oh, well, you are a girl, so maybe science isn't the right path for you, then I would never be even think to go into that field, you know? But I never thought that until I started putting it out on the internet and getting comments or until I, until I started telling my friends or people at school that I ever thought that other people thought differently than me, you know? So that definitely is something. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I was never told not to do something just because I'm a girl. And lastly, what do you think being an immigrant has taught you? It's, it's just an amazing thing. I kiss the ground when I come back to this country. I've traveled on business many a times and I didn't literally kiss the ground, but I could say I, I just, I am always so happy to come back to America. I mean, I feel even though I was not born here, I just can see where I've come from um, and, and how difficult uh, it was in a social co- socialist country uh, where people were not treated as individuals, they did not have their rights and so on and so forth, and coming to this country and being given so many opportunities and people having been so kind and so embracing um, and, and allowing me uh, uh, to, to, uh, to work hard and, and to accomplish the things that I have accomplished. And so until I go to grave, I will never forget that. I will always tell it to people uh, because I can never, never, ever take things for granted, coming from where I've come from and be, having been given these opportunities. I think this, the United States of America is the, the greatest country in the world. Yes, there are other good places there could be, but nothing compares to, to being here. And the privilege and the honor that people have to, be, to have been born here is something that shouldn't be taken for granted. Or for the people that are here and are, were accepted and as you know, naturalized citizens and and uh, you, uh, legal residents and all the all what they have received from this country shouldn't be taken for granted. And nobody says it's perfect. There is no perfect place on the face of the earth. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about a perfect place. For people that are trying to look for perfection, there is none. Okay, well, thank you guys for coming on the podcast. A lot of people were excited to have my parents on here, so I thought it'd be a great way to kind of share your story and just share what it's like to be an immigrant especially because so many people either are in the same situation as you guys i had a lot of people reach out saying that they're from romania or they're from honduras and asking you individual questions so i think it's really cool interviewing you guys so thank you guys for coming on the podcast thank you natalie thank you natalie love you love you and yeah hope you guys like the episode Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you guys loved it and got to hear another perspective that you might not normally have heard about. Um, Again, like I mentioned in the intro, this is just two people's perspective and experience. Two other people or anyone else could have had a totally different experience immigrating to the United States. Um, And that's okay. 
I just think it's really important to share each other's stories and to really speak your truth. That's kind of the whole point of this podcast, so I hope that you guys enjoyed and we can have a discussion on this or you guys can share your experiences. I would love if you guys had any similar experience or if you guys are from another country to share that in the private Facebook page. I think a lot of people could learn from it and take a lot away from it. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode with my parents and that it taught you something or you guys just saw things from a different perspective. Anyways, besides that, I guess all I have to say is be sure to join the private Facebook group, follow us on Instagram, and be sure to listen next Monday. Give us five stars if you guys liked this episode, and I will see you guys in the next episode of The Real Real Podcast. Hey, my name is Lovan Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.